Well, good morning. It's uh, great to be with you this morning, and uh, I'm just delighted to be here. And in the words of Tony Compolo, at my age, I'm just delighted to be anywhere. And uh, so it's good to be with you this morning at New Life, and I hope you're well and keeping safe at this time. Uh, the topic for September at New Life is embrace prayer. So where on earth do you start when discussing the massive, the enormous topic of prayer? Well, I guess we better start with prayer. That would be the right place to start. So let's do that right now. Father God, thank you for this opportunity, this privilege we have to be together. While not physically together, we are together. We are as one. And so we pray that wherever we are, wherever we're listening and watching to this this morning, that we'll be very aware that you're with us and you've got something to say to us this morning. We pray this in the lovely, the beautiful name of Jesus. Well, I guess the best place to start really is with Jesus. Uh, he's the best place to start. He's the best place to finish when we're talking about prayer. So uh, we'll do both of those today. Jesus was a man of prayer. In other words, Jesus spent many hours praying. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, then you'll want to do everything, I hope, that Jesus did. So he was a man of prayer, so we should be people of prayer as well. In 1860, um, Gypsy Smith was born in the East End of London. He never received a formal education, and yet he lectured at the Harvard University in America. He was invited by two different U.S. presidents to the White House. He crossed the Atlantic 45 times uh, to preach, and he preached over those times to millions of people. And there was never an occasion when Gypsy Smith preached that somebody, normally many people, gave their lives over to Jesus. Everywhere he went, it seemed as if revival was on his heels. And there was an occasion when a group of uh, revival seekers uh, met him, uh, had a conversation with him, and they were asking, what is it, Gypsy, about you that we can learn, that we can take on board ourselves so that we too could become these people who bring revival into the world? And this was his answer. Let me read it to you. He said to them, go home, lock yourself in your room, kneel down in the middle of the floor, with a piece of chalk, draw a circle around yourself. There, on your knees, pray fervently and brokenly that God would start a revival within that chalk circle. In other words, if we want to see God moving mightily in our day and generation, we need to be people like Jesus, people of prayer. Starts with us. We can't point the finger at anybody else to say it's not happening. Things are not happening in my life or my family or my nation. We've got to look at ourselves and say, am I a person like Jesus, a person of prayer? At least 25 times in the New Testament, there's a connection between Jesus and prayer. It was such a significant aspect of his life. He loved spending time with his father. Often we read of him praying 
to his father on his own. Now, there's an encouragement for us during this time of lockdown or coming out of lockdown when often we're on our own. Jesus often spent time on his own with his father. Many times we read in Scripture that he rose early in the morning or he spent all night in prayer. Luke tells us in chapter 6, verse 12, one of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Mark writes in chapter 1, verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He enjoyed his personal times with his father. Maybe you're a nightbird, or maybe an insomniac. Well, there's an idea the next time you are not sleeping during the night. Why don't you spend some time with your heavenly father? You're doing the Jesus thing by doing that. During these past few months, maybe up to seven months of lockdown or being shut in or uh, being a little more uh, distant from people, as it were, many of us have read some books, maybe largely to fill the time as much as anything else. And I've done that as well. I've um, read books and reread books uh, that I've maybe read some time ago and wanted to go back and read them again. And one of the books that I uh, picked up again for the second time was a book by, written by Mark Batterson. It's called Whisper, How to Hear the Voice of God. Now, I reread it before I was invited to come and share about prayer. It's a wonderful book. I recommend it to you. Let me say it, tell you again. Mark Batterson, Whisper, How to Hear the Voice of of God, a very readable book altogether. It's incredibly challenging and yet incredibly encouraging as well. And in the book, early on in the book actually, Batterson invites us to pray a bold prayer that he says could change the trajectory of our lives if we prayed it with meaning, if we prayed it earnestly. It's an ancient prayer. It's a, a prayer from the book of First Samuel. It's only seven words long, so it's not a big prayer. It's not a long prayer to remember. I wonder if you'd like to pray it this morning. I'll read it to you, and then, having had this moment or two to think about whether you want to pray it or not, that it's that bold prayer. It's potentially life-changing if you read it and pray it with meaning. This is what it says. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I'm going to read it again. And if you want to pray it with me as I read it, from your heart, meaning every word of it, that it could well be life-changing for you today and for the rest of your life. Here it is. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Patterson says, if you aren't willing to listen to everything God has to say, you eventually won't hear anything he has to say. What would have happened, for example, if Abraham 
hadn't listened to God's call on his life to leave the place where he was at that time and, and move to a place that he didn't know where he was going with his family and all his livestock. What if he had heard the voice of God but decided not to act on it? What would have happened if, if Joseph hadn't listened to God's voice while in the prison or in the palace? What would have happened? What would have happened if, if David hadn't listened to the voice of God before he went out to fight Goliath? What would have happened? I believe that God could have and potentially would have chosen another person or another way to fulfill his purposes for mankind if they hadn't spent time on their knees in prayer, pouring out their hearts and listening to his voice. Let me stop there for a second. It's a story in um, Exodus chapter 3 and Exodus chapter 4. It's a story of Moses. You remember some of the story, I'm sure, if not all of it, but it's a story of Moses and the burning bush. And Moses was confronted with a bush that was on fire. That wouldn't be the first time he had seen that, but this was a, a bush that went on fire and didn't go out. And as he approached it, he took his shoes off because he realized he was on holy ground and it was God speaking to him through the bush. And God called him to do some remarkable things and Moses was just blown away by it. He almost couldn't comprehend what God was asking him to do as he listened to the voice of God. And so he made excuse after excuse. God, you're asking me to go to a people that might not even listen to me. You're asking me to go and say things to, to Pharaoh and he might not believe that it was you that spoke to me. And eventually we read in chapter 4 of Exodus that Moses said to God, God, please use someone else. Then we read these words, and the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And at that moment, God chose Aaron instead of Moses. Things unfolded as we know as the chapters move on, and we know that Moses was mightily used by God. But at that particular moment, as he listened to the voice of God, he said, please use someone else. What if these people that I've mentioned to you already had said, please use someone else? History would have been so different. What would have happened if, if Jesus hadn't listened to his father before he was crucified? As Jesus poured out his heart before his father in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was crucified, and in conversation with his father, he said, not my will, but yours be done. Such was the point he had got to in his, his communication with his father that he knew that this was, this was the critical moment. That if he had said, please use someone else, who knows? God alone knows what would have happened, but he didn't. And he was willing to listen to his father and to be obedient. He was a, an obedient listener to his Father. When we come to God in prayer, we need to be willing to pour our hearts out, but also to listen 
and to be obedient to His plan for our lives. I don't know if you've ever thought about prayer that way, that it's, it's not just one way, it's about us, yes, pouring our hearts out to God, but also listening to what He has to say to us. For most, if not all of us, that won't result in crucifixion, but it might result in going places we never imagined going or doing things for Jesus that we never imagined doing. Some of you know exactly what that looks like in your lives. For Sheena and myself, it has meant giving up large salaries, houses, comfortable lifestyles to follow his calling in our lives with absolutely zero regrets. This is what's involved when we pray, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And if you've prayed that prayer this morning with an honest heart before God, with a desire to do whatever God asks you to do, to go wherever He asks you to go, to be whatever He asks you to be, then God hears that prayer this morning. And that's why I think Batterson says it's going to be a change of life for you. During this period of, of lockdown and new life, we've had the opportunity and privilege on occasions to, to pray with other people in the church. Each Wednesday evening, for example, we have a short time of prayer led by someone from the church. We recognize, of course, it's not the same as coming together as a group and seeing people face to face and all that kind of stuff, but it's praying together. God hears our prayers. This coming Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, we'll meet to pray specifically for revival in Scotland. An email will come out shortly just telling us the the login details for that. This particular Saturday when we meet together, we're going to be joined by a good friend of mine called Crystal Cryer. And Crystal heads up the 24-7 prayer in Scotland. And she'll give us some pointers of, of what's happening in Scotland and what we can be praying into what, because of what God is already doing uh, in the nation of Scotland. 24-7 prayer, it's a, it's a wonderful uh, movement of God. It started in 1999, so it's just been going just over 20 years now. It started with a, a small group, just a handful of students at university who decided that they, they wanted to pray. And it's grown from there. It grew on that occasion from just a few to quite a number of students coming in to join in that prayer time. But it's grown now to being a movement that God is using around the world. More than half the nations of the world have now been impacted by 24-7 prayer. And Pete Gregg, who uh, was one of the students who started that prayer time in those days, um, has been used mightily by God, has written a number of books, uh, one called Red Moon Rising. If you're looking for another book to buy, uh, for a birthday or for Christmas, there's a great book to buy somebody, Red Moon Rising. And it plots the story of the 24-7 prayer movement. And God is using that in remarkable ways. And so Crystal is coming as the 
the leader of the 24-7 prayer in Scotland to share with us next Saturday morning just a little bit and then we'll get to prayer for the nation that we live in. Why don't you join us this week and be encouraged as people pray for spiritual awakening in Scotland. Every spiritual awakening around the world has been preceded by prayer. In Acts chapter 1, we read that after Jesus had been taken back to heaven, his close followers went to a room in Jerusalem. And it says there that they joined together constantly in prayer. It's a lovely phrase. They joined together constantly in prayer. And then the very next chapter, chapter 2, tells us what happened. Bear in mind, they had spent time together in prayer. This is what happens immediately after it. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Do you get it? People getting together to pray. These people had just seen their leader leaving them to go back to heaven. They were on their own, as it were. Maybe a little bit fearful. Certainly unsure of what lay ahead. And so they prayed. And after they prayed, God's Spirit moved in mighty ways. Later on in that chapter, in chapter 2, we read that over 3,000 people became followers of Jesus as a result of what happened in Jerusalem that day. And it started with prayer. Wow. Isn't that amazing to think? Can you just imagine what 3,000 people looked like? They became followers of Jesus. I honestly can't speak for you. You may be quite glad about that. But I'm longing for the day when God chooses because it is his choice. When God chooses to pour out his spirit on the nation of Scotland and thousands become followers of Jesus. Maybe he's waiting for you and for me to get on our knees and to pray and to join with some others in asking him to pour his spirit out on the nation of Scotland. There is power in prayer. In Acts chapter 4, we read that after Peter and John had, had been released from prison, they went back to their friends who were in a house, and they went back there to meet them, and, and what did they do? They prayed together. It seemed to be the habit of the early church. They prayed. And so Peter and John, along with their friends, prayed. And it says in verse 31 of Acts chapter 4, after they prayed, so there's preceding prayer, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. The, the, the physical building they were in was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit 
and spoke the word of God boldly. There is power in prayer, and it's the power of God. When did we last know the power of God? Sometimes it happens during prayer. Often it appears that it happens after we pray. We're praying and then God moves in response to our prayers, to the cry of our heart, to the desires of our heart, to see God moving in ways that we've never seen before. I remember hearing a phrase some time ago which said this, more prayer, more power. Less prayer, less power. No prayer, no power. I think that's a staggering phrase, and I believe it to be true. I believe that the more we pray with hearts that are sold out to God, desiring His will be done and not ours, then God answers those prayers, and He's got it on record for us particularly in the early days of the church, to let us see what can happen when we are sold out to him and when we are a people of prayer. Come on, let's get together. It can't be physically just now, we know that. But let's come together as a group of followers of Jesus to cry out to God and ask him to do amazing things. Do you want to see the power of God moving in your life? It's a serious question. Do you want to see the power of God moving in your family? Do you want to see the power of God moving in your church? Do you want to see the power of God moving in your nation? Well, it seems to me from Scripture that the answer to that is prayer. Coming before God in prayer. And asking him to do remarkable things. You know, one of the greatest blessings of being a follower of Jesus, and there are many blessings, is to know this. Listen to this one. Is that Jesus is, in the words of Scripture, interceding for us right now. Right now. Wherever you're sitting, wherever you're standing, whether you're driving the car and listening to this. He's interceding for you as a follower of him right now. Let me read to you from what Paul writes to the Roman Christians in chapter 8, verse 34. The New Living Translation puts it this way. Who then will condemn us as followers of Jesus? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us, pleading for us. The same verse in Peterson's message translation says this, who would dare even to point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment, sticking up for us 
Wow, isn't that amazing? Jesus is sticking up for us. He's pleading for us. Jesus, who was such a man of prayer here on earth, is still a man of prayer in heaven. And he's praying right now for you and for me. Wouldn't you just love to know what he's saying to his father about you? Let me tell you what he's not saying. He is not saying before his father about you and me. He's not saying, oh no, look at that fool. They've gone and let me down again. He's not saying, look at them. They've missed another opportunity to talk about me to their friends and neighbors. He's not saying, there they are, thinking about skipping church again this week. He's not saying, look at them, choosing to listen to their own advice and not mine. Will they never learn? He's not saying to his father about you and me, this is their last chance, and then I'm finished with them. That's not what he's saying. Let me remind you what Scripture says. Who would dare even to point a finger? The one who died for us, Jesus. Who was raised to life for us, Jesus. Is in the presence of God at this very moment sticking up for us. Wow, isn't that awesome? Whatever's happened over these past seven months and whatever lies ahead of us, there's no doubt that there are many people who are really struggling, have really been struggling. And, and many of us struggling with faith, struggling with what's God saying, what's God doing When's it all going to end? How's it all going to end? And we don't know. Simple fact of the matter is none of us know but God alone. And maybe you've been affected pretty adversely in your faith during this time. Maybe you're thinking even that God has abandoned us and left us not interested in us. Would you take these words into your own life today and remind yourself. Read it for yourself. Remind yourself that Jesus right now is sticking up for you. He's got your back. He loves you. He wants the very best for you. He wants to do things in you and through you that you could never imagine. Because that's who he is. He's an amazing saviour. He's wonderful. And he wants to do more than we ever could think about. Jesus says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. And they follow me. It's in John chapter 10. So it's about listening. It's about hearing the voice of God. It's about spending time in his presence. Batterson says to us, whose voice are we 
listening to because there are many voices. Some of them are own, but some others. Whose voice are we listening to? And he simply asks this question. At the end of his book, he says, is the voice of Jesus the loudest voice in our lives? The answer will determine our destiny. So let me pray in conclusion. Father God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that while on earth he was an example of what it is to be a prayerful person, somebody who had close communication with his Father, would you help us to be those kind of people, to be people of prayer, to be people who long to see you moving in our day and generation and long to see you moving in our lives. Would you come and do that, we pray. We bring ourselves to you today and ask that you would take us as we are, but don't let us stay here. Let us move on. Father, may we be a people that through our times of prayer, individually and with others, see and hear of amazing things that you're doing. And then through our lives we pray as we bring ourselves to you this morning. In the wonderful, the beautiful name of Jesus we pray. Amen.